And welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. I'm Vince, and I'm here with my co-host Stevie D. And Stevie D, this is this is a, uh, a somber, somber podcast, right? I, I'd love to be jumping up and down talking about uh, what a great game the Bills had, or you know what what a great game the Jets had, or or anything else along those lines. But this one, this one hits pretty hard, right? Uh, and it hits hard because we lost a, a legend. We lost an icon. And really, you know, some could say Hallis, some could say Lombardi. Uh, but truly, if you look at it, the father of modern football, John Madden. We, we, we lost. We lost. Uh, Madden means a lot to the game of football. And if people even try to question it, it goes back to, uh, the Miller Lite commercials. Remember the, the <laughs> Miller Lite commercials and Madden busted through the wall, right? And he, he was able to transcend, you know, the, the multiple errors that you had, right? The 70s with his Raiders, the 80s and 90s with his broadcasting. And then, of course, uh, hey, hey, Dana. And then, of course, uh, he was able to bring in the younger generation, right? That, that younger generation through... Uh, the video game platforms, right, and, and coming out with, uh, you know, Madden football on, and we go back, right, all the way back to um, the DOS version on the PC, and then and then the Sega Genesis. I, I, you know, I would tell you, and I'm not going to go into the story. I remember that when Sega first came out, I had to get Sega because there was Madden football. Right? Forget, forget Sega. I was. Just, I was a, a Nintendo guy, right? But when Sega came out with that, Nintendo was done. Yeah. Right? And, and here I am going to get the Sega Genesis. And, and it's just, it's really sad. Um, it just, it, it really is sad because um, all that he gave to the game. Did you know that he was the first to use the Telestrator in yeah. modern sports? He's right. forever changed football. I mean, how? I mean, you love saying back, forward, back, forward, back. I mean, right. it, over and over and over again. I mean, that's what I remember. And make it all the circles, the circle here, the circle there, right? And it's and we go boom, right? And then it, all, all of that, and it's just the, I mean, the, the infamous, just unbelievable. The infamous telestrator drawing. Uh, <laughs> you can look it up. <laughs> I, mean, I, just, I mean, I just remember a circle here, a circle there, a circle here, right? And you do not, and then this guy goes here, and this guy, and you get. I'm like, okay, coach. All right. <laughs> did but, you say but, so? but he had the one where he did the circle here, and he did the circle here, and then he had the guy that went up, and he came back down. And I'm just gonna let, I'll, I'll let our audience just look for John Madden Telestrator, and you'll see the one that I'm talking about, infamous on live TV. <laughs> you, know, you know, think about it. The company that that created that. Their stock went up, you know. Yeah. Says it, and everybody's buying it. All the colleges now have it, and it's just people have it for their homes now. Athletes buy it for their house uh, because you know when you see a guy like that doing, oh, I, maybe I should get it for my house. I can you know check out like for different sports, right? Not just for for football, but yeah. yeah. Madness is like it's like. Hey Terry, how are you? Yeah, Terry. It, it's like um, it's like losing like an honorary go- grandfather. It is. Right. Um, it, it's just bizarre. Um, you know, I never saw him coach. 
I mean, I was alive with his coach, but I was too young. I, I would, you know, I never would have seen him on the sideline. But when he got, when when I got to that age where it's really watching football, I kind of understood it. And you had, for me, it was some role in Madden was the, I mean, the Nirvana when it comes to just you know broadcasting. And it was like, now unfortunately, being an AFC guy, you know, the Jets were on NBC growing up. And the NFC, which was CBS at the time, well, wait, had John Madden, Pat Summerall. Before you the Jets were on NBC, just, just for clarification. I don't want you to think that just like Notre Dame is on NBC, that just the Jets no, were on NBC. No, the, the AFC teams right, were on I, NBC. I, I, so, does that help for better? Yeah. better? Okay. <laughs> so, so, you know, for me, it was like the Jets never there. And plus, the Jets were really never good enough that they were never that headline inner uh you know that that you know conference matchup where the Jets were good enough to say well we got the top NFC team well we're gonna put Madden and Summerall on this particular game right so it was, was you know I never really got got it I remember one game later on a, a, in his career where the Jets got it but I just remember every oh I wish the Jets get you know because back then it's not like you had the internet you didn't know who was calling the games that week until you got to the kickoff right Oh, so, you, you know, everything was calling the, the NFC games. If it no, was Dallas, if it was Philly, if it was Chicago, if it was San Francisco, it was Madden and Summerall. You knew that. Well, and, and the Giants got a lot of a lot of Madden, right? Uh, there in the in the mid eighties to late when they with Lawrence Taylor and, and and you know Bill Parcells, that was a big draw there for for Madden and Summerall. Um, with Summerall playing for the New York Giants, if I remember correctly. Right, place kicker. Was he punter? I thought he was a place kicker. He made. He he was one of the one yeah. of the two. But either way, it was just. I mean that that's what I remembered. You know, obviously, and then the video game came out. You know, you, you touched on the video game. Like, you know, one of my things is going putting ten dollars. Like back in the you know nineteen ninety, ten dollars for for me was like oh my god, right? It was like that was a lot of money back then. So we'd all throw ten bucks, put all the teams in the hat. And Prey didn't get stuck with the Indianapolis Colts, right? Because it was so bad. I got stuck with the Colts a couple times. The teams were, was your team in Madden. There was two teams, and I know Jay's going to love hearing this. It was the Eagles with Cunningham, and that Eagles defense was ridiculously good and fast. And it was the Buffalo offense. Thurman Thomas was unstoppable in the early stages of Madden. You give it to Thurman Thomas, you were gone. And so when you, when you pick the teams in the hat, if you didn't come out with the Eagles and Buffaloes, you weren't coming out with that prize money at the end. It just it just didn't happen. I, I got stuck with the Colts a couple of times. But See, that, that's your, your hate for the Buffalo Bills. And maybe that's what, what's carried forward. Stevie D, I, I do want to go back. Everything's going flying out. They got in that water in my mouth. <laughs> went flying everywhere. I, I do want to go. I mean, and it's, it's crazy because we had talked about, and, and we're still going to do it, uh, kind of rank – the broadcasters, right? Because especially my, my hatred for Al Michaels, you know, I, he would go way down on my list. But I will forever be uh, just in love. I couldn't wait to listen. I mean, the iconic sounds of, of Pat Summerall, right? That didn't say a lot, right? Because Madden would jump in. And when you talk about true color, right, Madden would take over for that whole, like, 40 seconds. And, and then Summerall would say, you know, like, you know, Thurman Thomas for three yards, and then Madden would just take over. <laughs> it can't, right? And it, it, but to listen to those two, I mean, they worked so well, right? 
so well. It, it was a great partnership, and obviously they were they were you know great friends off the air. Go ahead. So, can you name two guys that were in a booth that did the color and the play by play that were not associated with football? Like you always had the one guy that was the typical studio guy with, paired with a former player. Madden didn't play, but he coached it, and Summerall played it. I don't know of another tandem that both of them were tied. Oh, there's Dana. Yeah, he was taught a lesson this past weekend to never talk about how well the team is doing during a game. Lesson learned. Yeah, I received a text message from Dana that, that went unresponded to, and then promptly on Monday morning we had a conversation. <laughs> I do. Dana, Dana, Dana. Let me tell you, it, it's uh, I, I, I've, you know, from a personal standpoint, I tell people if you're gonna dare call me during a game, whether it was Yankees or, or, or Jets, you got the commercial break, so you better hurry up and and time it when it goes to because you got two and a half minutes, because when the game is on, the phone gets hung up. I re I remember vividly one time watching the Yankees. I'm gonna digress here for a second. Give me a second here because this is funny is that watching the Yankees-Indians playoff game in, at my parents' house in the phone rings. And my mom goes to answer the phone. I said, what are you doing? The game is on. Like, I'm getting, like, really upset, right? The game is on. I'm like, how dare you answer the phone? She picks up the phone. I said, you hang up that phone. She hangs up the phone. She hangs it back up. Next day, to come find us. One of her clients, she did real estate. It was one of her clients calling in. <laughs> but, again, it's game time. It is game time. You got to be all focused, all in. So, Dana, you you, you learn, but you know what they say. It's but there's more, there's more to it, Stevie. Oh, of course. There's always this was a text message that said, Hey, you guys are doing really well. What? Oh, 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 oh you can't do that. Yeah, you know. Hey, this is first quarter. This was first quarter. It's not like two minutes to go in the game. Where, you know, some people will kind of say, okay, let's open it up. Oh, oh no. Right. Yeah, we, we've had some interesting chats this year in our OWS chat with, with, with Jay and JB where, you know, that, that game, like you've been there, where everybody's talking crap about Buffalo and whatnot, and your radio is silent, right? Then all of a sudden you'll hear from Vince when the game is over. Then then you start chatting in on other things that are going on. But when that game is on, whoo, Yeah. Not, not good. Yeah. Not good. No, it, it's not, and, and you know what? Me a couple here. I should have had my phone turned off. No, That's you can't have your phone turned off. You know. Yeah. yeah then, then, you know. But, all right. It's important to train, right? I mean, look, look at the value you just gave Dana. Well, true. Very true. Very true. And he's a better person for it. Yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so you were saying about uh, guys in the booth that have never played the yeah. game. It's a rare commodity for, um, especially for the color guys, right? Um, you had. Um, that, that's what's Dennis so special Miller. about it. Yeah, Dennis Miller and ABC tried to, that that failed attempt. They tried Frank Caliendo in there, and that was a failed attempt. Uh, you know, having the guy with the background uh, in the sport. Is key, right? Because they're the ones that are telling you all of the intricacies that are going on, things that some of the common fans just don't pick up or can't see. They're able to see some of the routes. I think Romo 
you know, Romo, when he first came out, there there was a little bit of allure, a little bit of love with how he was able to kind of predict or project what the play was going to be. But that's kind of gotten old. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a Romo guy anymore. No, no, no. But, you know, if, if we go back to the 80s, right, and, and really that's where I remember, you know, for sure, if you look at the, the pantheon right there at the top, it was Summerall and, Summerall and Madden. Below that would have been, to me, Cricky and Trumpy. Again, being an AFC guy, right, it was Cricky and Trumpy. Those guys always called the big ones. And then Dick Imbert, uh, Dick, oh, there's another name that was a bust, Tony Kornheiser, absolutely. <laughs> Tony Kornheiser. Yeah, he was oh, God. But then uh, Dick Imbert, right, he was yeah. good. Um, Dan Deerdorf, not a big fan, but he was okay, right? It was Deerdorf and Gumble. Right, I was guys. not a fan of Dan Fouts ever. Never a fan of Dan Fouts on the. No, on the see, he on became, you know, if we could stop, excuse me, if we could stop right around that 92, 93 type year, right? And anybody before them, great. Anybody after that, were, were all the networks trying to grasp at straws, like the Tony Kornheiser, like you mentioned, like the Dennis Miller, like, you know, like, like the Frank Kelly and the. These guys are not made for the booth. And the guys that you have there now, you know, no disrespect to any of them. You know, Al Michaels being the worst. Um, they just, they're they are not good. I i desperately want to hear Peyton in the booth. I, I think Peyton would be good. But, you know, Peyton may, you know, his his stick may, may run short, right? You Madden was just, when, you know, going back to Madden, he was just classic. The way he said things, the way he just mangled the English language and yes. just put stuff together and it would just come out like his traducan. <laughs> you just put it all together in there and then you're boom, right? Yeah. <laughs> and boom, right. I mean, like there's so much Madden, right? We talked about last night. Pro Bowl, everybody likes the Pro Bowl. But for me was, did, did a Jet make the old Madden team? That was the most important thing. Was did you make Absolutely. the old Madden team? Absolutely. Ice Cube, in an interview uh, years back, said said this. I, I heard him say it, and I want to make sure I, I give him credit because he's the only person I heard him say this uh, out in public. Is that he, when you talk about video games, when you, who talks about saying I'm when I'm going to go play the football game? People say I'm just going to go play Madden. Right, it's just it's not it's it's not. I'm gonna play a uh, football game. I'm playing Madden, right? It's just that's a good part by James, right? Yeah. Um, that, yes, he did. Um, it's just I'm gonna go play Madden. I mean, we talked about this. I mean, every game. Then you think of all the major sports, FIFA soccer, right? And NHL 2K or NHA 24, 22, whatever the number is, right? NBA. There is no NFL Madden. It's just called Madden. Well, well, here, here was the beginning. Remember this? EA Sports. It's in the game. I mean, it, when you heard that, that that I mean, that doesn't get you going right now. I'm pick up the joystick and go right. But think about this, and I'll let you continue to your point. But think about this: when you hear that, it is synonymous with. Every sports game for EA, right? For all of them. But when you really hear that, there's only one game that that speaks to. 
and that's mad. That was the first, and that will forever be right the centerpiece of EA Sports game. Now, you know, yeah, you may be a, a footballer and like you know FIFA, or you may like NHL, but no, when you hear that, that is. And, and I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, the midnight opening started because the Madden fanatics had to get the game as early as they could possibly get it. And in uh, GameStops and, and EB Games would open up at midnight at 12.01. So folks like us <laughs> would go and get it at 12.01 because we had to have it that that at, at that point in time. We couldn't wait, you know, because working, right? At that point, we were adults at that point. So we were working during the day, but we had to get it, you know, that, that night so we can play it. You know, before we go to work, I remember us being on the phone. Okay, did you get to load it up? Yep, I'm here. You know, are you on all pro? Yeah, I'm on all pro. Okay, what do you think about the graphics? Right, right, right. We're breaking everything down. Right, yeah. Wanted to see what it was. Actually, it's funny that if Gerald is still with us, when in 1990, when Genesis first came out, I don't know. Again, if Gerald's still with us, when I took the trip, you know, I, I didn't have a car in college. So I had to take the Marta in Atlanta, went downtown, picked up Sega Genesis. But now I got to walk back with the Sega Genesis, right? And you know, the box was like bigger than the whole screen that we have here, right? Monsters. And, and, and so here, he is, here I am. And yep, he remembers it. <laughs> so here I am getting off the Marta, walking with this thing, walking down. I think it was like Lee Street or Ashley. You know, just taking this hike to get back to the dorm. Uh, yes, he does remember because yes, it did. <laughs> Again, I'm a struggling college student. Yes, it did go out. You know, I had to say, you, <laughs> there's so many stories that go with this, right? Here in school, they're trying, you know, vultures. You guys are vultures. I'm speaking to all these department stores and all these credit card companies. Trying to to swindle these young starving college students, right? Get this credit card, right? And we'll give you a free water bottle. I was more interested in the water bottle. Truth be told, I needed to have the water bottle. But now I have this credit card, and there's a commercial for men. Is like the next day I was off to go get it. In my honestly, and it's a sad thing to say that my reign in getting Madden on the first day. Or even getting Madden at all came to an end in 2021. You know how they have in memorum and, and, and people we've lost, right? And, and they show everything. Well, but you can put up there the picture of me in the Madden game stack that I have because that came to an end this year. It came to an end. You know, I, I've reached. You know, I got to. I got to. The, the middle point, and now I'm on the other side, and being on the other side, you just things are different perspective, right? What did I what did I get this year? We went more for lawn and garden. <laughs> so instead of video games, we went lawn and garden. But Stevie D, I wait, 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 before you go, before we change the page on, on Madden. Well, we're not. I want to show you something, but go ahead. Okay. okay. So do you remember? I had a training in Arizona. Yeah. Right when Madden was coming out. So I go on this business trip for five days to, to Arizona. I buy Madden. I bring my PlayStation with me. 
I get to the hotel, the back of the TV's got no ports to plug in the uh, the RCAs. I'll be on there. <laughs> All right. There's no RCAs on the back of the TV? What? I Not that, I mean, I've traveled before. I never looked at the back of a TV. I go in there. I, I never heard of a TV not having any RCAs on the back. Right? It must have been like the made especially for the hotels. It's like, you got to be kidding me. So I went down to the store and I bought a TV. Yes, folks, I bought a TV. I I found one on clearance. I bought it. I brought it back. This little TV. I put it on the bed. So I, man, I was great. I was laying in bed and had the TV right next to me and, and, and played Madden. And then the, the the night, you know, the night before, you know, I left, returned that TV back to the store, got on the plane, went home. Didn't we have a business trip in Kansas where we brought the brought the playstation or something of course we did i mean it was not a it yes i couldn't play the year we we had to finagle something as well to to get that to go it it was just being i mean we were manheads i mean we really but i you know when we speak about mad there there is one thing that i I, you know it it goes down in classic moments it's almost like everything that he says but let me show you this stevie will live forever, but when you really think about it, we're not going to be. But I say this, and this is overwhelming and mind-blowing, that through this bust, with these guys, in that hall, we will be forever. And you know, when you think of that, it just blows your mind, that it's forever and ever and ever. And you have to stay with me a moment on this one. This is a little goofy here. And you're going to say, oh, there's old Madden being, being goofy again. But I started thinking about this after I got voted into the Hall of Fame. And the more I think about it, the more I think it's true. And now I know it's true and I believe it. Here's the deal. I think over in the Hall of Fame, that during the day, the people go through and they look at everything. And then at night, there's a time when they all leave. And all the fans and all the visitors leave the Hall of Fame. Then there's just the workers, and the workers start to leave. And then it gets down, there's just one person. And that person turns out the light, locks the door. I believe that the bust talk to each other. And I can't wait for that conversation. I really can't. To Vince LaBarge, to Newt Rodney, to, you know, to Reggie, to Walter Payton, to the, to the guys that you want to say, with, to, to all my players, my ex-players, you know, we will we'll be there forever and ever and ever. So, Stevie D, yeah, that, that's just a little clip from, you know, the Madden Hall of Fame. I think it was 2006, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Uh, and obviously, we, we have to give uh, special thanks to NFL Network, NFL Films, uh, and the Pro Football Hall of Fame available uh, but but he's right <laughs> he's right right i don't know if you've been to the hall of fame and for those of you who have uh you'll know what i'm talking about it, it is a special place it's smaller than i ever expected and you know i know when i've walked in there and at first i was like is this it Right. <laughs> Am I off Broadway here? <laughs> I expected, you know, just this huge megaplex, right? But it wasn't. But 
what it was, it, it was just jam-packed with just history. And you could, you know, in a sense, you get a feeling, you know, of, of just all that, that transpired. You know, they, they had, you know, a, a section where it had, you know, like the Canton Bulldogs. And, you know, then you had Jim Thorpe. And, and then, you know, you had another area. And, and it just kind of started to go through the timeline. Um, and of course, obviously I was really more, more focused on where my Buffalo bills. Right. And, you know, you kind of look at some of the, 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 just the different areas in the videos that they would have. And, you know, once, once you got to where the bus were and yeah, you know, that's pretty legit, right. Just to see all those bus that are in there. And, you know, I, it, it just, to his point, to his point. It has to be special when they turn the lights out, right? It just has to be special. Uh, where I, we haven't heard from Madden in a long time, you know, whether it be on air or anything else. And, and so, you know, it it still is going to be hard not to imagine hearing Mad tell some of the stories, right? Obviously, not doing the play by play um, and getting up in age, but. You know, he, he will be missed. And, and as I said, he is one of the greats. He is the one of the forefathers uh, of just the NFL that we know today. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's going to be missed on the rule changes and just how the NFL reaches out to him to get opinions on this or that for, for the, you know, moving the game forward. Um, just having that, that voice um, in, in there saying good or bad. I, I think he's, He's set back some things that the NFL wanted to do, and I think there's some things that he didn't want the NFL to do. So he had, he had that that big voice in the room, and when he spoke, everybody would listen. So we, we lost an icon even behind the scenes to to, to be of the game. So Very true. Very true. Just said. Just said. So, Stevie D, uh, this past week, interesting week in the NFL. Uh, a lot of teams are, are buying for – you know, this whole in the hunt thing, it's driving me nuts, right? It is driving me nuts because the in the hunt list is what there's 16 teams in a conference. There's only three teams that are not in the hunt, right? When you, when you look at it, you, you got the seven that are in, and that leaves nine. But the list is like, well, even even you guys were still in the hunt up to like two weeks ago. Hey, the only thing that wasn't in the hunt was Jacksonville, right? And it, it's not shrinking because some of these teams are not doing what they're supposed to do. Los Angeles, I, I, how how the Chargers got beat is beyond me. You know, that charging game, this is what drives me nuts about analysts. So they're trying to make excuses of why the Chargers lost. Well, they didn't have Eckler. And they didn't have this player. Or, um, uh, I, think, uh, I think they said James, Darwin James. Uh, the safety there, and then uh, I think somebody else was out, and it's like, like you you can't give the Chargers an excuse. One, the backup running back scored two touchdowns and was a beast. Balled out, balled out. So you can't use that as an excuse. Um, Doran James, next man up, right? He, they used to play without James. Let's face it, great talent, but he's been hurt for for so long, for so many years now. The last three years, he's he's missed games. So great talent, but he's not on the field all the time. So you know. Well, I just don't like when people use those excuses on why they lost the game. And it's like, you know what? That's called better coaching. 
and next man up mentality, and, and people need to step up and play better. Oh, so we'll we'll talk about that. Oh yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, well, I called you on that one. I was I was really confused uh, uh, on that whole scenario, but. I just look at. I just don't like when people say, "Well, they're giving them a pass." Well, how about all the other teams that are banged up? You, nobody talks about those teams and why they're not winning games because of injury. So, I, I I can't use that as an excuse why why you're losing. And and honestly, it wasn't like your whole team was decimated with injuries. So that's just a horrible loss by the Chargers. Um, and uh, hopefully they'll grow and learn from it. But it really hurts them in their playoff chances. It does. It, it, it muddies everything. But the, there there was the one game that. Of any game that should have been flexed, and it's not because I'm a part of Bills Mafia and I love the Bills, but it's that Bills pass game. That that had everything right. It, the only thing that that game didn't have is that it wasn't what week 18, because it you had the division on the line, right? The Bills owned the tiebreaker against the the Patriots. They they lost that game two weeks prior. Which was the the wind, the forty five mile per hour wind, right? Where Mac Jones only throws the ball three times, um, you know. Where I blame the Bills coaching for losing that game, uh, but still, that gave the the Patriots the one up, really, in the division. It now it's do or die, right? If Buffalo loses this game, you know they're hanging by a thread. If you look at the playoff generators, they're hanging by a thread. And they they need a lot of help. Buffalo wins the game. They they take control of the division, and you know, yeah. Every given Sunday, you know, we'll go through all of that. But on paper, it looks like they have winnable games that will give them the division. So uh, it, it had everything, and then lo and behold, leading up to that, to Lamar's point, we find out that Cole Beasley uh, is unvaccinated, tested positive, and was going to be out of the game. Um, and there were multiple players, John Feliciano and others, that were going to be out of that game. Uh, but it was a great game. You know, obviously, you know, Patriot fans probably think a little different. But, you know, from a Bills perspective, it, it was a great game on both sides of the ball. Even though, even though Damian Harris had, what, three touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. Uh, this, this whole Mac Jones saga, love affair, right, that came to an end very quickly. Right, exposed for being a rookie quarterback, exposed for you know having to put the game on his shoulders and not being able to deliver. Right, uh, what we saw from Buffalo side is actually opening the playbook. Which Stevie D, we talked about this before, and I don't know if you can really do this, and you're being really cocky if you do, but do you hold parts of your playbook for games that you have kind of? highlighted throughout the season. I think they do. I think there's certain plays you hold out and you practice all week and then you, 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 you know, you, you bring them out. You're right. I think it absolutely does happen. I think that's why some teams get stale with their offense because they're not innovating during the course of the year and teams, you know, they pick things apart. They see something in the formation that says play and they're able to defend it. And so if you want to be truly that offensive juggernaut you have to adapt during the course of the season and, and bring in new plays and look i mean mckenzie had had the game right Absolutely. kid had a game and uh, i think you found a new new slot receiver well i i really want to talk about the game but lamar you brought it up stevie d you alluded to it 
let, 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 let the, the 800 pound gorilla that's in the room. Do we need to talk about it? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I've been saying for the longest time now, right? Ever since Cole Beasley decided in, in Steve, you, you've been poking the bear a little bit. I, I, I want people to know, right? When we are not doing the podcast live, right? I get little texts. I get little, little messages. Man, this is going to be a real distraction. <laughs> <laughs> man, you're outing me, man. You're outing me. That ain't right. Uh, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm taking this personal, right? You, you say it in our group chat, right? Just so that everybody can pile on, right? I, I'm being attacked. But you're right. And I haven't disagreed, right? And from day one, I was like, this is ridiculous. Because you got so close last year, right? You got so close. And you can see where it's kind of a maturation process. It's a stair step, right? Every team has to learn how to win first, right? Then they have to learn how to win against the good team. Then you have to learn how to win when it comes to, you know, the playoffs and the postseason. And then once you get there, you, you keep taking these stair steps until you're ready. And once you're ready, right, then you go to the exhibition game and, and you know, then all bets are off, right? And so when I, when I look at where Buffalo was last year, they, they made it so close, but they, they came back with the hunger, right? You have the, the infamous pitcher, Stefan Diggs, just standing there all by himself on the sideline watching the celebration, right? Fueling that, that he was just being refueled with that fire so that he knew that coming in, into the 2021 season, right? You, you look at what, uh, and, and I don't agree with some of the moves, but you look at what Brandon Bean did, right? He said, we're going to bring back this roster and we're just going to tweak. Well, I think some of the tweaks needed to be a little bit better, but we're just going to tweak. In their mind, they're at the precipice of taking that next step, right? And so now we get to training camp, and now you have the antagonist. And he's your guy is the antagonist, right? Going to social media, going to Twitter, talking about, well, you know, I'm not vaccinated. I don't believe in this. You can't put this in my body, and you can't do this, and you can't do and there was my text. Oh boy, there's your distraction you don't need. I mean, I hopped right on that one. You did. Yeah. And you know, I'm not here to talk about getting the vaccine or not getting the vaccine. I, I, I'm not here to talk about it. What I am here to talk about is that there's rules, right? And if the rules say that the rule, first of all, the league says you have options, you have choices, you don't have to get vaccinated. But if you don't, then you fall into this category, and here are the guidelines, and here are the rules that you have got to follow, right? That's it. That's it. And, and from Lamar, the, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely they've known that that he wasn't back. Hey, put that back it, up. I didn't get to finish reading it. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and so you knew that he wasn't. But what did they ask you? They told you, wear the mask. When you are in the facility, yeah. you have to wear the mask. Well, he and McKenzie got fined during training camp because they weren't wearing the mask, and they were flaunting it. To the point when the NFL league officials were there at, at the team's facility during training camp, you're still all cavalier walking around without the mask. Again, it's your choice, but follow the rules. Look at the big prize. Yeah, but I, I'll, I'll even take it a step further. I, I blame 
I blame the position coaches. I blame the head coaches. I blame the GM. I Anybody that's an authority in the organization, and it's not just the Buffalo Bills. It's the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers, right? So, no, I mean, there's no pass. It's any organization. We're just happening to be talking about, you know, Cole and, and Buffalo. But it's any other team that allows the athlete to think they're above everything and allow them to break rules and not holding them accountable. You can absolutely hold them accountable. And you know what? If you have to do a put them on a suspension list, your own suspension list, right? That, that was a con- conduct uh, detrimental to the team. Then they have to sit out and then they lose that game check. And that game check's a lot larger than getting the fines, right? So it, it, at the end of the day, just do what, what, what the rules ask and do what's right for your teammates. I mean, because at some point, you if you're a team player, shouldn't you at least be doing it for your teammates? That's That has been my, my point all along, right? And if you look at the New Orleans Saints, that there is no other example of how your team, your season, can can be jeopardized. Now, I, I'm not saying that I'm not here to say that that a player can't get. Yeah, you know, I'm not here for that discussion, right? But just look at what happened. They had to start Ian Book, right? Who came off of some practice squad, off of some other practice squad, and they had to just throw him in to be the quarterback. And it was an absolute disaster. I mean, a complete and utter disaster. This kid was way. I mean. I'd like to say that I could have done a better job, right? But this kid, I couldn't have, right? And he was way out of his league. You know what? You're right. And I'm going to take a slight time out because he was absolutely overwhelmed. But he gets to say he played an NFL game. So no matter how lucky and crazy it was, he's got a story that he's played in the NFL because he would have never gotten a shot in the NFL probably. But he was in there because potentially – Potentially, they they were not adhering to the rules that they needed to, right? But going back to Beasley, you know that you have to do these things, and you didn't do it. So you got fined fourteen thousand early on, and it goes up. I believe that the fines doubled, right? So then it would have been the next time a twenty-eight, and then the next time maybe a fifty-six. Not sure, but it, it supposedly you know they incrementally go up for him to already be at a hundred thousand. Right, means that all throughout, he doesn't care what's going on. Your interests are not that of the Buffalo Bills. Your interests are that of Cole Beasley. And if that's the case, I don't want you on the team. I don't. You're not a team player on the team. You're not a team player. And you thought your value was bigger than what it was. People had already talked about. You know, the transition plan, because Beasley came in with John Brown. John Brown's gone. Beasley, they, they liked him in the slot. You know, he kind of adapted well. But there were rumors already, some whispers about Isaiah McKenzie, right, which is an odd thing. But then they also drafted Marquez Stevenson, who also can fit, fit in that role. So you are not indispensable. We can get rid of you and, and plug and play with another guy. And lo and behold, what did we get? We got... 11 catches on 12 targets. We got 100-plus yards. We got a touchdown. We got a guy that was able to run some jet sweeps, right, something that you really can't do, Cole Beasley. And so now your value has dropped. And and now you start looking at it. It, I said it before. I'm saying it again. And even with the report of the fines coming out, 
Get out. Get out. And, and really, Stevie D, I mean get out now because <laughs> we we still have an objective. And you haven't changed, right? You actually probably feel more empowered with, with the restrictions or the governor being taken off of being able to return to games after, after positive tests. You feel more emboldened. I don't want you there because you could potentially – you could get Diggs, sure. You could get Davis, you could get Sanders, you could get Knox, you could get Allen. And now, what am I left with? Well, what could have been? What maybe would have been? So well, you're, 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 yeah, your PSA has got to be directed to Brandon Bean and 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 Sean McDermott, right? Or Terry Pagula, right? The owner. I mean that's your your PSA right there because this guy can't take you take you down, right? And I know they've now laxed the rules now and they've changed certain things around to make easier for players to get back because now all the NFL cares about is they're realizing that the talent not on the field is hurting is hurting the game and so now they're they're adjusting their rules because it 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 suits them, right? Not the health and safety of players. It suits the NFL, like the Jets, yeah. The Jets are, are a bad football team, right? They're they're rebuilding, and it's going to take a few years, and hopefully they'll continue to trend upward. Jets were missing 21 players. 21 players in that game played. Okay? 20, let that sink in there. 21 players did not suit up. But that they played. They, it didn't get flexed. So it, it, it now I, I obviously they had enough players to, to play the game. They got through it and they, they wound up winning the football game. But when you think about it, why wasn't that game canceled? Why wouldn't the Jets have to forfeit that game? You had 21 players out. How do I know you're not going to get other players sick on the Jets or on the other team in the trenches? There's all the spit flying in, in, in the trenches and all that stuff. How do you know you're not going to get somebody else sick and, and spread it even worse? So – it, it's. Well, I think Lamar wants to play for you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take you, buddy. We'll take you. You're in better shape than probably two thirds of the team. So it, it's it's just a, it's it's I I don't like the way they handled it. I thought the Jets should have had a forfeit, and that's just the way it should have been. Uh, yeah, and again, it, Roger Goodell in the NFL, you know, speaking out of both sides. Uh, we talked about this last week. You know, they, they, they come out with these big statements that they think that uh, a certain group wants to hear. The other side, the owners and the sponsors are saying that's not what we want to hear. We need these guys on the field, right? Um, and I think they were they were riding that very fine line, and they thought they were going to get through it. And then Omicron or whatever you want to call it comes through it, and now all of a sudden they have to make some tough decisions. And what do they do? They kind of still are trying to play the middle, right? Right. And they're easing back a little bit, saying, "Well, now it's not ten days; it's five days, right?" And there's so much about this that we don't know. It's very hard, but you know, if you're making, if you're setting rules based off of the safety, health, and safety of the players, then why why are you reversing it? And plus, why are you reversing midseason? That that should be something that is done after, because this is what I told you the other day is the fact of when we look at Carson Wentz, right? Carson Wentz was or is unvaccinated and had tested positive. 
which meant he was going to miss two games. Because of the timing of when he tested positive of the 10 days, it would take him out the last two games. He's going to miss two games. Those two games could potentially impact the Colts' playoff chances, right? Don't know who the backup is. Uh, and, yes, you have Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> as long as you have Jonathan Taylor, you have a fighting shot. But you you run that risk, right? Now the rule has changed, and so now he's only going to miss one game, right? So now if I look at some of the other teams and I go back to the Saints game, right, I look at the Saints because that was the most egregious one. I'm not saying that they that they would have beat the Dolphins, but they would have stood a shot because the Saints' defense is, is pretty legit. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty legit, and all they needed was just something, right? They just needed something. And if that rule change had been a week prior, maybe you have a different outcome. So that means that there is a competitive imbalance that was given towards or advantage given towards the Colts that was taken away from other teams, right? Potentially look at the Ravens. Right and, and what they had going on, so and these are teams that are in the playoff hunt. It, right. It's just it's not fair, and you know it, again it shows signs of weakness for Roger Goodell. We've talked about it year after year, show after show, the weakness of Roger Goodell, and, and it comes out again. So uh, to answer Lamar's question, though, um, yes, I have always been in favor of the release of Cole Beasley. Uh, don't want to meet player, especially when when you're trying to get to that exhibition game. So, Stevie D, uh, let's talk about your boys as we segue a little bit. Let's talk about your boys. They they pulled off a stunner. It was a stunner. You know, I, honestly, I mean, I'm going to have a little bit of a joke. We beat a team that you couldn't beat. Yes, and you we, did. And we were missing our head coach and 21 players. So maybe right. but the key is. John McDermott needs to go. Thank you. Thank you. you Honestly, a lot of things were clicking for the Jets. The running game, they ran, they actually ran for the most yardage of any NFL team uh, this year uh, 278 total yards rushing uh, as a team. So obviously, the rushing game was there. They didn't have to pass a lot. Um, Michael Carter back. Michael Carter's back. He, he had a, he had a very good day. Um, he had a I think a buck eleven, um, and uh, Wilson had ninety two. The set his franchise record for most rushing yards in a game with ninety two, and the longest run by a Jets quarterback in their history at fifty two. Um, but really, what, it, what you, you could talk a lot about the game. The Jets had no wide receiver. I mean, it was a it was not a pretty game to watch. Right, you watch it because you're a fan, but it's just like oh my god, it was just. Trying to watch Trevor Lawrence, I, I just don't know what all the hype I'm about about this kid uh, is. But I'll tell you, it came down to tr- crunch time, okay? And this is the only part I want to cover of the game because really there's not much you really want to cover in this game, right? It, it's like it, the pillow fight. It, it's just – it's it's not a pretty game to watch, right? You got two bad teams going up against each other, and you got the one pick versus the two pick. Obviously, that had some intrigue, but poor James Robertson. Torres Achilles, like on the fourth play of the game, it was a non-contact. Well, as soon as I saw him go down, I said to my son, I said, oh, that's his Achilles. Because when the play happened, you didn't see it happen. And then they showed the replay of the play from a different angle, and you just saw him go down. And I said, oh, and he and he clutched, right? That's that famous clutch when you go in, in, in the back of your, your ankle there. And I said, oh, that, that's not good for him. 
but really it came down to the last drive, right? Uh, the last drive of the game, he runs, Lawrence sets up, the right? They go down the field. Lawrence runs for like 25 yards, gets him down to like the six-yard line, right? So first play, they do like an out. It goes incomplete, right? It's like 20, there's like 31 seconds left on the clock. Wait a minute. I'm going to mess this up. First down, second down. Yeah, okay, I got it. Okay, so I had to get the sequence. You know, age, it catches up to you. You don't think it does? It does. So, uh, so man, first time. <laughs> he did the out on the first play. You want to see what, what was going up in front of that camera. <laughs> um, so it does the out for like three yards. Doesn't it, It's incomplete. Second down is a pass play to Treadwell, I think number 18. C.J. Mosley has the interception, but he doesn't. It literally goes right through his arms, and Treadwell catches it at, at the one-and-a-half-yard line, and, and he gets touched. So that's you know the second down play. Mosley can't believe it. They're taking their time. They get up to the line. When I say they tick, 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 I mean, it was crazy. I'm like, what are they doing? What is Lawrence doing? And then he decides to spike it. Now it goes to fourth down. And you're like, okay, whoo, we get a chance to reset here, right? Because, I mean, it was a wild set of sequences for them to get down to that, to that point of the field anyway. The Jets really couldn't catch their breath on defense. Jaguars had everything going. They had that play, the miraculous play. They were just destined to get the touchdown with no time left. And they come up to the line and take forever, and then he spikes the ball. He spikes the ball with, like, I don't know, 10 seconds left in the game. The play went off at 31 seconds. By the time they spiked it, I think it was maybe 12 seconds. And they spike it to go to fourth down. Now, all of a sudden, the Jets really get the hang back, set the defense, everybody catches a breath, and then finally we get a pass rush, which we didn't have all game. Lawrence is running, throws up a prayer as he's falling down, and it's out of bounds, and – well, you, you typically find that for those Clemson ball players. Uh, L, I don't know if you have any insight into that one, but uh, you know, decision making probably is not top amongst those Clemson players. Just, just saying. But but I'm going to say, like even some of the throws I watched him make, his deep ball was not very accurate. Had guys open, couldn't hit the wide open guys downfield. I was not impressed with Lawrence. When they so, say that this guy's the second coming, you're going up against a team that didn't have Franklin Myers, didn't have Quinnen Williams on the defensive line. So you're missing your two studs for pass rushing. We had the – we oh – here's, here's, a, here's a question, Stevie D. We had Nathan Shepard playing all game. I, if, you, if you look at it, you know, and what's going on in Duval, right, have – we've reached a point now where a, a potential, right, and we, you have to use the word potential, but the potential now has been taken away because of bad coaching. And because of a bad franchise, and now he's going to turn into a bust. Somebody that, you know, if you talk to any of the experts leading into the draft or any of the experts over the last years at Clemson, this guy was sure fired. Can't miss. Can't miss prospect, right? Yes. That's what everybody said. Can't, he, he was the can't miss prospect as a freshman. But I'll tell you, you're absolutely on point. We've seen it time and time again where, where these, these kids come in, when they have a, an unstable organization from the owner down. 
and these kids are out of the league. And what I'll say is if you're going to salvage this kid, I really do believe Jim Caldwell is the head coach I would hire. I would yep. hire – he's going to bring stability there, right? I wouldn't go with a rookie coach who's never coached, right? No offense to Eric Bieniemy or anything like that, but I, I'm just nervous. Caldwell, he's stable. He's going to have that organization running on all cylinders, right? And and it, it's, it's just going to bring stability to that organization. They need it. I just – I wouldn't go with a rookie coach that hasn't done it. You don't know what you're going to get out of a rookie coach. You just don't know. But Jim Caldwell what, – what, he took he he took over for Dungy. He had a, a decent run with the Colts. He took an awful Lions team, got them to two playoffs, and I thought he was fired prematurely in Detroit. Maybe it's a godsend that he got out of there because it, it's such a it's a it, it's just I feel bad for the fans of Detroit. They 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 just can't get out of their own way. To me, Jim Caldwell's the guy that I would hire there. I, I, I think I, that's I, a good safe choice for the Jacksonville Jaguars, because I think Caldwell will, will steer that ship in the right direction. You know, going back to the point when I, you know, talking about the coach and, and the ownership and just the franchise as a whole, it makes you start to sit back and think, you know, going back to maybe the John Elway, right? I'm not playing in Indianapolis, trade me, get me out of here. Right. Or you look at the, the Eli Manning, right. I'm not going to your franchise, trade me, and and we look at what happened there. You know, I, I think that some of these some of these top picks or, or Peyton Manning saying I'm staying an extra year because I don't want to be drafted by the Jets. He I, stayed in for a year. Okay. Because he didn't want to go to the what was the, not perceived. We were a disaster then. And he yep. even though Parcells was there, he didn't want anything to do with the Jet organization. They because Archie, they're not stable. Right. No. Right. So Sorry. you have these kids. No, no, you're good. You have these kids, and sometimes they have a little bit more power behind them, right, to be able to, to make these statements to say, I'm not going there, right? Don't And you, you don't – thank goodness it hasn't manifested itself where it's just widespread every year saying, I'm not going to play for this organization, I'm not playing for this franchise, because then that would turn the game upside down, right? But – you almost have to have some sort of a failsafe, right? I'm not going to play for an unstable organization. I'm not going to play for an organization that has no idea in who they're hiring as their coach, bringing in some fly-by-night coach who hires his assistants. And, you know, we didn't know back then, but then wants to blame his assistants for that. You hired them, right? right? And the only thing that it will do is just ruin the, the career, potentially the career of that individual. Right, you don't have the support system, and, and obviously, again, if you're drafted number one, there's a reason why you're drafted number one. But you know, my my career is in jeopardy here, right? And, and I'm putting it in your hands, Sean. But you you, you got to do something. And I agree with you uh, on the Caldwell hiring. I, I think that would be the right hiring there. Stevie D, uh, we're 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 coming close to the buzzer here, and. You know, talking about matchups, we you know we had big matchups all over the place, but the biggest matchup was in the OW Sports Fantasy Football League. Now, let, let me set it up for all of our listeners or watchers here: is that all throughout the year, there's been this smack talk between the Assassins team and 
the Jets. And that would be Stevie D with the Jets and, and Jay with the Assassins. They've been going back and forth. Very quietly, some teams have been rising under the radar and falling under the radar, like Team Young Guns, who can't even beat in a consolation game, can't even beat a manager list team. It just, you know, it, Black Monday hit, you know, just the other day. Anyways, I digress. Very quietly, Sean's team was rising and, you know, flying under the radar, letting two people, two teams, two franchises, Battle it out, right? Not saying a word, not saying anything. And then we had the championship game. And I'll let you. It was a great game. It it was a great game. It it, it was, you know, I I, just like Sean, I don't know how many adjustments he had to make prior to the game. I had to make a few. Uh, One adjustment I didn't make that came to bite me in the butt, but uh, I picked up Jackson. I picked up Jackson the night before he went off. Um, I know Allen had a good game for me, but I had St. John or whatever his name was from the Lions. Uh, I picked him up, and I I thought I put him in, and I didn't. I left Lockett in, and, you know, the, the, the yeah, game every, every great team forgets to put in a player. Yeah, just just and, go sit on the bench. Yeah, yeah and, and that's – and that's was, you know, I was on the fence, right? I, I picked him up Saturday night, and I said, okay – uh, I'm going to go put him in, and I only think about it. And I came, and I didn't think about it. And then I went to go do it before the game started, and it was too late. I was locked out. I said, son of a gun. But at, at the end of the day, what did it come down to? Sean's team put up. You, you had a shot, though. You had yeah. a shot. And, and it- if we could kick a field goal, the Cowboys score 105 points and don't kick a freaking field goal. Are you kidding me? Interestingly enough, so so if we, if we want to talk about the players – Sean's team had Sean's sensational team had Amari Cooper, and I, you know, I'm I'm talking to you before the game, CVD. I'm like, ah, oh, no, you're good, you're good, right? I'm trying to be your hype man. You got the extra points if they get a couple plus a field goal, you're good. Well, all of a sudden, you have this three point deficit, and you watch Dallas take all of their starters out. Right, a Cooper goes to the bench. Right, <laughs> you're like, you're like, like, you got a chance. <laughs> You're good, right? Because you know that if they get down there, they'll just kick the field goal and just move on, right? Because you don't want to run up the score too bad, but you're down there and you got to do something. You got 15 minutes. You got 15 minutes to get this done. Dallas goes down and scores a touchdown. Like, what? <laughs> just with the backups. They scored a touchdown. I was like, oh, you're in trouble. But you're still okay. You just If they're running up and down, you got to get there. They never got back down for the field goal. And you lost by less than three points. You lost by 2.6 points. 2.4. But here's the thing. Enough about how I lost it. Let's give Sean his credit and his due. They had a phenomenal year. And uh, their team came in and, and, and they won. I mean, I sat down the boys at the end. I, I gave Zerline the stink eye. I just gave him the th- – you're telling me you couldn't tell coach to take a knee to get a field goal? It says you're done. You won't be back next year. Oh, there's gonna be there's gonna be changes. There's gonna be changes. But you know, it was uh, it is what it is. Or yeah. Marty Cooper has to get that freaking touchdown. Yeah, that got you. But you know what? Another successful season, another Super Bowl appearance. I fell short yet again, but it's okay. It's all right. Now, we do call it the Super Bowl here in fantasy. 
You know, all week I, I was going to say the exhibition game, and it, the Super Bowl came out. I meant to say the exhibition game because I was going to. I was what I was going to say. So I told you what happens when you get older. You forget. And I was going to say the exhibition game. God. I was going to say the exhibition game, and I was going to say, you know, the real game was the championship game when I demolished Jay. <laughs> but I screwed all up. I totally forgot I used the word Super Dang it. No. So, <laughs> but, uh, no. And, and I set this up like a hundred times in my head. I can't believe I screwed that up. So, next year, there's changes. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more competitive. All right, we're we're gonna start a little earlier, but it's gonna be a little bit more competitive. Um, you gonna draft better? Oh, we have big changes. Hey, you you think you have changes? We already started. The GM has been fired. The head coach has been fired. All so who's gonna players, run your team? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm gonna bring a ringer from the outside to draft I, your team. I am. I am. Yep. I'm gonna you gotta, to, you gotta do. You gotta shake it up, man. Because you know that's very good. Very good to, to be in the bottom two years in a row. Have you made the playoffs yet? No, and, no, no. And, and this year was just an absolute debacle. Just a complete and absolute debacle. I, I don't know what went on, but I, I can tell you that you know, as the owner of Team Young Guns, that that's not where. We believe that we should be. We don't stand for anything less than excellence, similar to Al Davis. We believe in that model, just win, baby. Uh, and, and what what happened and transpired over the course of this season, you know, no excuse. You know, we were really ready to make a change midseason, but we realized the competitive balance of the league, you know, may be in jeopardy. And, and come to find out that some members of the organization actually kind of just left. Because rosters weren't being adjusted, certain free agent wire transactions were, you know, all of this is starting to come out, right? You always find out after the fact that what was going on. So, you know, there's big changes for Team Young Guns, maybe even a team name, may even sell the organization, may sell it and just be done with it. And it just, just over and done. Yeah, not happy, not happy whatsoever. So, uh, we'll, we'll find out. But Stevie D, um, Again, very, very sad day um, when you heard the news about Madden. It, and it reverberated all throughout. Um, no matter what sports broadcast, no matter what television or news outlet you went to, everybody talked about it. Um, I'm sure the NFL is going to do something. I'm sure. Uh, but knowing Roger Goodell, they're not going to do enough. Um, so, you know, we'll just keep championing you know, Madden and carrying that torch and, you know, maybe just because of it, uh, I'll go get Madden 22. Maybe I'll just go do that. Who knows? But, uh, you know, it just, it, it, it is definitely sad and kind of remember some of the things that he said in that speech and, um, you know, we'll, we'll take it from there. Uh, to, to all of our, our guests or, or all of the folks that join the podcast with messages and tweets and uh, we appreciate it. Stevie D, last show of the year. Wow. Last show yeah. of 2021. Right? So we think about this. I, I feel like five weeks ago we were saying we're, we're at week four of the NFL. Right? It's like slow it down. It's like now we only got two two games left in the regular season. It's like, oh my God, where's it all gone? We got two days left in 2021. Two that days. Two days. 
there will be, we'll, you know, we, we need to pop some champagne. We'll come, maybe we'll come back on the, on the next, you know, on the next podcast with a little champagne, you know, pop some pop. You know, kind of turn up, have the hat on, you know, get some streamers popping up. You know, I think it all depends what happens against the Bills and the Falcons. Again, one game at a time. Keep the pride, keep the eye on the prize. And let's just focus on what we have in front of us. So all I ask for, take care of business. Uh, there's from Terry. Happy New Year's to you, Terry. Year. We appreciate Happy you, Terry. Yep. And uh, but so for that, Stevie D. Um, again, thank you to everybody out there who watches, who subscribed. Uh, we thank everybody for their participation. We we look forward to greater participation as we go forward. Uh, continuing, try to improve the podcast, the platform. Mm-hmm. Make, try to make it as inclusive as possible. Uh, <laughs> Lamar says, look out for After Dark in 2022. <laughs> it's coming. It is coming, right? Yeah, you ever you ever see a TV show or, or an advertisement for a TV show, but they don't tell you the release date, and they just keep letting you know that it's Right, right. So this the, is it. Yeah. O, OW Sports After Dark is, is in production, but we haven't given the release date. And when we do, oh. Oh boy, that's gonna be that's gonna be special. But uh, yeah, so we thank everybody again. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, reach out to all your friends, let them know, and uh, you know we're we're happy and we're having a good time doing it. So for my co-host Stevie D, I'm Vince, and we'll talk to you soon. Happy New Year.